Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work in my office today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today. <laughs> hey, people. Every now and then I come in hot. Yeah, you, you, you actually, you come in hot kind of often. Like I do come in hot quite often. I'm coming in hot today. You guys know what that means when I say that? I have no idea what you're talking about. All right. So I'm not hot about our guests because we got some podcast guests We today. do have some podcast. They're pretty great people. Preston, say hi. Hi. Jason, say hi. Hi. And I got the always with me, the wonderful Pastor Aaron. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. But I'm coming in hot today. Um, went to the movies last night. Okay. That's not what I'm mad about. I love the movies. I was going to say, this sounds great so far. But uh, you go on the website to pre-purchase your tickets. Mm -hmm. Can't find any tickets at the first theater that we really want to be at. All sold out. Okay. All right. Go to the second theater. It's your second choice. Yeah. Nope. All sold out. What? Go to the third choice. Hey, there's, there's nine seats available. There's nine of us. Okay. I got family in town. Yeah. We got to get nine seats together. Yeah, that's tough. So that's what I'm saying. It was sold out. Hey, there's nine seats available. Yeah. The website's down. Yep. So what do you got to do now? Hey, you got to call. You got to call the movie theater. Yeah. So that was annoying. That was making us hot. You yeah. Know? That's, that's frustrating. Anyway, get the tickets. It's all good. Reserve them. Get the theater. Get the tickets. Get inside. The movie starts. It's so quiet. The, th- well, the, like the, the movie the is volume. quiet. Oh no! Oh, you didn't go to yeah. IMAX, did you? Or Emax? Which, which movie did you did you go to though? I went saw uh, the new Spider Man. That movie, Spider Verse, is notorious for having low sound. It's because the dialogue in it was like so low that you couldn't hear anything it was saying. So they dropped down the music level as well. So it's a super quiet movie, and it was really kind of like, hey, we paid for like. We're in this theater. There's 14 speakers pointing at my face, and I can't hear what <laughs> people are. I can't hear the movie. So my brother-in-law, he goes out and talks to the manager. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing changed. I'm sitting in the theater. Something else begins to happen. I'm sitting next to a very little kid. Okay. And oh, no. it's the seats that do move up and down. Move up and down. Yeah. And the little me- mechanism or the mechanic is noisy. So loud. Yeah. Those if you go, you sit in the chair and you go to go up, it's like this. <laughs> until it gets to the top. This kid for two hours straight. <laughs> I know that wasn't the dialogue in the movie. No. <laughs> All the way the down. Worst. Like a, like a kid <laughs> playing with the car window. Yeah. Down uh-huh. down. He was like that with the buttons for two hours straight. That's awesome. Oh, man. I sat right next to him, <laughs> and his mm. and his mom never said a single word to him. To like, actually, his mom said one time during the movie. It was like hour and a half in. Finally, said, "Hey, she probably hey, had buddy, one earplug in. Please stop, <laughs> please stop doing that with the seats." And he's like, "But I want to." She's like, "Okay." <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was like you're paying all this money to go see this incredible movie. You can't hear it, and the kid next to me seat is louder than the movie. I can see why you're coming in hot. I'm coming in hot, dude. <laughs> hot. Understandable. 
Okay, now Preston, you you work at a movie theater. I do work at a movie theater. And you're telling us that this movie is notoriously quiet. Yes. Uh, that the sound is low in that movie. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Is there something that the manager could have done? Like, could they have turned up the volume? Yeah, what's up with that? It's already on max volume. Okay. Spider-Man's always on max volume because it's so quiet. But because the sound mixing for the movie itself is off, there's nothing else you can do. So why do they tell us that? To, like, relieve like to relieve the tension. They don't even say, like, hey, it's all the way out with nothing we can do. Why do they just stare at you and, like, okay, we'll fix it, and then they don't? I don't know. <laughs> probably <laughs> like, a new, probably new employee that wasn't informed. It had to be a new manager or something. Because we were driving home, and me and my brother-in-law were like, why can't they make it louder? Or do they need a new sound system? Do they Were they unable to figure it out how to make well, it how louder? How does it even work with the movie? Is yeah, it like a DVD, you? or is it like a you, you, the big, you put all... Yeah, it's like a Blu-ray, right? No, so every movie comes on these... Well, Preston works at a movie theater. That's why he knows yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, so this, yeah, <laughs> he's this is the context. Right <laughs> he's a movie yeah. guru. So all the movies come in these giant, like, cardboard little box things that you that you undo the zip tie, and then there's, like, a little key that you slide into the actual projector itself. And then it gives you access to the digital file uh, that that mm. goes on the computer or on the system. That makes sense because then blu rays people controlled. Could just... It's all controlled by an iPad. People could just probably black, what is it called? At least at the theater I work at. Are there like uh, guidelines? Like make sure you set the volume levels at here or? Yeah, yeah. There's a a standard like volume decibel level that that most movies are made in, which is like 7.5, whatever it is. And so that that just comes standard for most movies. And if they are, Mm. if there is an issue, then, then they can adjust it manually. But for Spider-Man, it's always all the way up. Wow. All the way up, and I can't hear, <laughs> hear what they're saying. Hey, blame Sony Pictures, man. Not me. I Okay, see? that We want to know who to blame. Hey, you got it right there. Home, like, who do we blame? Because it's, it's Sony. Mm-hmm. He was like, it's Sony. Can't, I can't imagine it being so low level, like like the volume being Sony's fault. And I'm like, yeah, it's no way it's Sony's like fault. It's definitely the 15-year-old kid who's getting paid minimum wage. He can't figure out how to turn it up. It turns out it's Sony. <laughs> it turns out ah! it's Sony. <laughs> when in doubt, always blame Sony. We're going back to the 20s. It's a silent film. <laughs> it's a silent film. This guy, silent these life. people get paid millions of dollars, and they can't figure out the volume. Or the 15-year-old kid's like, he, he's like, nah, there's nothing I can do. It's Sony's fault. You didn't know, but actually <laughs> that kid in the movie paid. theater was telling you the audio through his chair. <laughs> that was Spider-Man attacking someone. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was. It's the dialogue of the movie. Oh my gosh! So, yeah, that was, I was coming in hot. But let, let's jump into our topic today. All right, let's do it. Um, I got a, we got some more people in the in the room today, which is fun. Um, happy to have you guys with us today. By the way, nice. thanks for being here. Happy to be here. So we're gonna talk about uh, what do we look for in a pastor? What kind mm. of like personality traits, character traits, disciplines do they have that you like? Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I never really had a choice <laughs> on who my pastor was. So, like, I didn't really get to choose my pastor until I went off to college. Right. And there were certain things I was looking for. And you know what the interesting thing was? I had a hard time finding one. That's that is really interesting, especially because you went to uh, a Christian college in a town that has lots of churches, and you're struggling to find a pastor that you like. 
I don't know if it was a combination of like growing up in the church, being around a lot of pastors my whole life. Pastors would be at my house a lot. All the guest speakers like were, we'd go out to dinner with them. They were at my house, like hours of hanging out. Um, and I like knew who these, like I just knew who pastors really were. Right. I, I knew who they were. I heard their what, how they talked about their church, how they talked about their people how they presented themselves from stage versus how they were, like, in my house when they were wearing their comfy clothes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw all of it. So, like, I knew there's, like, a stage personality, mm-hmm. and then, like, there's your relaxing personality. And oh, yeah. so I, I can't – I couldn't stand the people that I thought were fake. Mm-hmm. And when I was trying to find a church at college – I had a very difficult time finding people who I thought were genuine and real, hmm. like really genuine and real. It felt very fake to me, most of what was happening on that stage. I could, I had a sense that the worship team seemed fake. <laughs> <laughs> I had a sense that the, the pastor who was preaching seemed a bit fake. Yeah. Like way too excited about that thing. Like, I, I understand you're happy about people getting baptized, but you just seem like you're fake excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can usually tell, too, when people are, like, actually excited versus when they're fake excited. Yeah, when mm-hmm. it's not a doctor, the excitement, like, oh, wow. Yeah. It, it just, it's I didn't like it. Rubs off. I, I didn't like it. I had a hard time finding a, a pastor. And then I ended up finding a wonderful church. It's a small church, but the pastor seemed totally real to me, like genuine and real. Mm. And I liked him. And, and oh, yeah. So that's something that I was looked for right away in a pastor. Um, but it goes much deeper than that. To, to try to find a great pastor, it goes, it goes mm. much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of other things I look for. But what about you guys? What do you guys look for in a pastor, personality or character traits or disciplines, things like that? I think one thing I look for, I mean, it's kind of an obvious thing, I guess, to say, but as there's a pastor who is really firm in the foundation of the Bible, biblical standards, because nowadays a lot of pastors are compromising to, you know, with the with the way society is moving and just straight downhill. A lot of pastors are, like, finding ways to do more, just give in to things so people can hear what they want to hear. But I like a pastor who tells you what the Bible says and doesn't compromise on what the Bible says and isn't afraid to Ruffle your feathers. <laughs> you're, like a, you know. you're like a fearless kind of pastor. Yeah, yeah, a pastor who isn't afraid to go against the status quo of what mm-hmm. the world says because it's a pastor's like, you know, I don't care. I care what the Bible says and what God's word says, the only word that is truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of what draws me is when a pastor's like, mm, that's what fires me up. It's like, wow, this I know what he's preaching is truth. I know it's the word of God. I know his heart is for the word of God. And not only can you see that through their preaching, but through their actions and through what the church does and like the activities the church gets involved in. You can literally see it throughout the entire church. So I think that's what, what I really, one of the things for me. I agree with that mm-hmm. big time. I would agree. Yeah, that's good. One thing for <laughs> Yeah, that's really yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of important if you're a pastor. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, but you know, it's funny that we joke about that. Oh, yeah. I don't understand. I've seen. I, I don't understand why some pastors, they'll, they'll 
preach for a whole year and not mention the Bible very much. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've listened to a, a pastor preach one time, and I got about, it was like a long message. It was like an hour-long message, and I got about 30 minutes in, and I was like, I don't think he's mentioned one Bible verse yet. And he and then finally at some point he had like one little Bible verse and I was it's like this guy just did a TED talk. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. You could call it a TED talk, you could call it like a therapy session. Uh, A little bit of a motivational speech. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, but I I want I'd agree with Jason. I definitely want a pastor who loves the Bible and is teaching the word of God. Yeah, and I don't I'm not saying I want the pastor to just read straight out of the Bible only for the message. Yeah, I can do that in my free time, but when there's biblical backup with context and it's just based on the truth. They don't, you know, it's fearless. That's what, that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. One thing that's really important for me is humility mm-hmm. in a pastor. Because, yeah, I mean, in our society today, I mean, people love to lift themselves up. People have big egos. You know, there's a lot of, you know, things that, the, like, one of the sons I see pastors are like, oh, man, look at what I did. Look at my ministry. Look at this. But in reality, you know, you should put the focus on what God did. You know, it's not look at mm-hmm. what I did, look at what I'm doing, look at what my church is doing, but, like, look at what God's doing through me. Mm-hmm. Look at what God's doing through our ministry. And I think that's yeah. a really important thing is that a pastor can take the focus off of himself and put it onto God. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think that's a pastor who handles the platform God gives them with humility. Mm-hmm. Humility is huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, that's, I think it, when I think about doing my church hunt at college, I went... Tulsa, if anybody's wondering, church hunt in Tulsa. Yeehaw. Yeah, that's what I was like. I was really looking for humility. Mm-hmm. I really was. If I found it strange when, like, you're looking for humility, and some of the first things the pastor talks about is like his awesome house or his like sweet car, <laughs> his hot wife. <laughs> Smoking hot. Mm-hmm. Smoking hot wife. <laughs> Every youth pastor ever. <laughs> Every youth pastor ever. <laughs> yeah. like, look oh. at my smoking hot wife over there. Yep. You're like, yeah, Always. yeah, yeah, we get it. <laughs> but like, I've, I've even been to concerts, like Christian concerts, where like the band members will do that. Yeah. I'm like, what the heck? Or like the pastor's like hosting the concert at his church. Yeah. Yeah. And he like gets up and he's like, it has nothing to do with the band, the charity the concert's yeah. for, anything at all. So he just like throws yeah. it in there. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, hey, wife, yeah. get on up here. Turn Thanks for coming to the concert. This is my hot wife. Like, Whoa, yeah. this is getting weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's got awkward around here. I think that actually uh, happened like, at a concert. You, you do. You do want humility. So badly mm-hmm. yeah. I, um, maybe does it just is it because like every product every company every person is trying so hard to sell us everything all oh, the yeah. time mm-hmm. that by the time like you just don't want your pastor to be doing that mm-hmm. and when you know pastor is and humbly has a huge ego and it comes to you know i'm presenting myself as this charismatic cool fun relatable person instead of the truth of god Mm. At least that's what I think. So there, there is a little bit of like, I need to present, I need to be a draw because I'm not sure just preaching just the Bible and Jesus is, is enough. That's a turnoff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like huge turnoff, Yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah. You can't like, I, I don't like that. <laughs> like I get a sense of that. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can feel it. You can see it. Yeah, and you kind of see you them. get a like, sense that they're not going to talk about Jesus a lot because he might not be a big enough draw. Yeah. And like, yeah. I got, so I have got to fill in the gap. Yeah, I yeah. got to get that praise. I got to do that. I got to yeah. present a lot of energy. Yeah. 
and I oh, gotta yeah. create a lot of buzz. I gotta get a lot of claps, a lot of yeah, yeah I mean, a lot of cheers. If you're preaching, you want to have energy and you want to do yeah. that. But the focus I, isn't yeah. you. The focus isn't you. There's a difference, such a difference. Like <clears throat> I don't mind cheering and applauding during a message, especially yeah. if people no, are cheering and applauding uh-huh. like Jesus and like <laughs> yeah. a, a testimony somebody gave of life change or like. Yeah. Something's yeah. happening. All these baptisms, all these salvations. I'm gonna. I, I want to see some cheering. I want to hear some applauding. Yeah. If, if a, a point is good, but like, then you can tell the difference between like. I think they're just applauding. <laughs> a performance. A perfor- oh, yeah. yeah. I think they're just applauding because you hit a high note, like as a singer, or like something like that. I mm-hmm. think they're just applauding because mm-hmm. you bought a new house. I don't know. <laughs> we're like, you know, I don't know. It's like, why are you applauding for? I can't figure out why the applause. Why, why such the applause? Like. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, humility. I totally agree. It's so important. Yeah, I think another thing that really draws me to a pastor is there. I'm not sure exactly the word to use, but their uh, connectability. I don't think that's a real word. It is not. But relatability. <laughs> the relatability. That's yeah, and and more than relatability, relatable. just yeah, from the from the stage because it's it's easier to be relatable from the stage. Um, but when they're relatable with the congregation, with the members, mm-hmm. um, like, or if they're connecting with new people. All right. So I, of, I got an example. A relatable situation. So there was a, a time I was actually went going to a few different churches, and there was just kind of a little bit of looking around for a church. And I went to one church. I seen the pastor when he was preaching on stage, and I never saw him again. Um, so like you were out in the foyer hanging I, out. I was out in the foyer and I was out and I like, it wasn't like I just showed up as soon as the service started and left as soon as it was in. Like I was looking for community. Like I was there like checking out the church, connecting with their like connection staff. Like I was out there. I was there before the service. Like this pastor wasn't sitting in the seats with the congregation. Like he came out from a side room to preach, went back in there, and I never saw him again. Mm-hmm. Um, where and then I went to a different church, and the pastor like greeted me at the door, and was like, "Hey, how's it going? I didn't, re- I don't recognize you. Where are you from?" And instantly, I was like, "This guy actually cares about the people in his church. He likes people. You can and, tell he likes yeah. people." Yeah, and it was a smaller church, and I wasn't like going to these churches like to, just to see. To, to look for a home church, um, but I wanted to see what some other churches were doing. I was like, if I was going to pick one of these churches to go to, I'd have picked this one mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. this pastor, like like I said, he greeted me at the door. He connected with me. He just, like, I didn't ask him. He just started introducing me to people in his church, people that were my age. This guy's my worship leader. This guy uh, runs uh, our, our kids' ministry and just, like, started all of a sudden just m- helping me make connections. I didn't even ask him to do that. I was like, man, th- I would. I liked that quality about that guy, and I know that that our pastor here at Cornerstone, Pastor Tim, if you're here on a Sunday, you can see him out in the fo- out in the foyer connecting with people, cracking jokes, mm-hmm. uh, and he's actively af- actively looking for people. He even like in our staff meeting, he talks about, it, I'm trying to find new people to meet. He wants yeah. to meet new people, and that's one thing that's even more awesome. Right, and and I really admire that quality in a pastor versus somebody who who just kind of locks themselves in the door or mm-hmm. locks himself in the room, comes out, does their job, in quotations, preaches, and, and then gets out. Mm-hmm. There's another thing I look for in a pastor that seems to be hard to find is a, a you know this pastor prays. They, you know they pray. They, they, do, they talk about their prayer life in a way that seems healthy like not oh look at my prayer life, <laughs> but like there's a verse in the Bible that 
tells us as Christians to let our good works shine forth for all to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah let, let your good deeds shine. shine before men so that they may glorify your Father in heaven. So they may glorify your Father in heaven. So you're supposed to let your good deeds shine forth. It's supposed to motivate and inspire others to follow along. Right. Mm-hmm. To like, oh, I want it. I got. I think I want to include that discipline into my life too. Mm-hmm. My gosh, that just sounds so great. I want to do that too. Mm-hmm. How many people, I mean, I have been inspired by people's disciplines, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. we should let some of these things shine forth in a humble kind of way. Like so, But like, oh, so a pastor talks about their prayer life in the right kind of way. They call pr- prayer meetings. Yep. I mm-hmm. is it do is it just me or does it just seem like churches don't have prayer meetings anymore? They have like whitewater rafting retreats. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they do like awesome stuff, but like do they call prayer meetings? Like I want to know this guy prays. I want to know if there's a prayer team. Is there a prayer team? Is there somebody praying? Like that that I'm really attracted to that. I want to know mm. you're praying. If this guy's praying, which is hard, that's hard work. Yeah, prayer? prayer is hard work, man. And mm-hmm. if he's praying, then I know he's doing the other things. Right. So maybe that's what it is. If he's praying, I know he's doing the other things too. I'm, I look for that. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm attracted to that in a pastor. I think another thing that <clears throat> that I'm really attracted to in a pastor is somebody who is we've a little bit touched on this, uh, but just like from this stage when they're preaching, I'm talking specifically now, is really uh, just themselves. You know, there's a couple like celebrity pastors. I don't, that's kind of a weird term, but. We love celebrities. We're mm-hmm. desperate. We're so, we're just like the children of Israel. <laughs> we're just, we're not quite satisfied with just God. We really need something else to worship. Uh-huh. Oh, look, a golden calf. Like, <laughs> oh, look, another celebrity pastor. Well, his messages just speak to me we are so, so much. We're so desperate for anything. a celebrity. Yeah. It's sad. Right. It's so, the, Christian, the Christians are. It's so sad. And, and so I'm, I, I'm there. <laughs> I hope I'm not always there, but sometimes I've I find there. myself yeah. where I'm like, oh, look, he's so cool. Right. Yeah, She's man, so I wish cool. I had that. Yeah. Yeah. We're so desperate for wish a celebrity. I had that. And I think I've, I've literally heard preachers preach before and I'm like they sound like their style of communication is exactly like this person and it's just maybe they didn't preach the same message but the way that they talk and you can tell they've basically copied someone else's personality Mm. and I think you can absolutely learn things from speakers I love listening to people communicate because I love to learn like oh that's a great way to communicate that point yeah but there's a difference between learning how to communicate and completely copying somebody's stage personality. Mm-hmm. And so I love a pastor who, from the pulpit, as they're preaching, is very genuine, is just themselves, doesn't care. Uh, if you love their style as much as you love the guy down the street or the guy on Instagram, um, but he's just going to preach the word of God. Mm-hmm. And and be himself, and I mm. I really appreciate appreciate that quality. Yeah, I think another really good thing is, um, I like a pastor who or an attractive pastor who is connected with other pastors in the area, or also one who 
you can tell has strong like mentors, which I guess you have to take a lot of looking to see that. Or like be you there for a while, have to but like you can be there for a while, and maybe to hear yeah. about his relationship. But you can or like tell, see him around town, or yeah, whatever. And you can tell though, like with Pastor Tim, you can tell like he talks about like, like and he brings them in to speak, and you can see who is you know who his was friends like, his friends are, and yeah. you can tell by their fruits, like wow, he's connected with good, solid standing pastors, and you know, and it's just I think that's awesome when you see, it. and then when they have like connections to other local churches where they're not just so focused on, you can tell, I think it's more God-centered when you're, you know, we're not only one ministry, but we are all one ministry together. Mm-hmm. And they just go out and, you know, do things with other churches, connect, obviously. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's important, and I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I think that's a super great point, Jason, because we were talking recently, I think it was Pastor, you and I were talking, maybe you guys were in this conversation as well, about a recent pastor in the last couple of years who had a, had a really big church, had a big moral failure. And, you know, from the outside, I'm not a part of that church. I've never been to that church. I don't really know that much about that church. Um, so from the outside, before it happened, it seemed like he was uh, a, a decent pastor. And then... You assume he's great since the church is so... Since the, the church is big. growing, yeah. it's getting bigger. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he has this failure, he has this moral flaw. Uh, but then as kind of the story began to unfold, it was actually brought up that he had people that were there to like help him and mentor him. And then he fired them because he didn't like what they were telling him. Because <laughs> they were telling him to stop Because they were doing, telling him yeah. to stop doing certain things. Yeah. And that he, that he just needed to, to work on some other things first. And it was like, Egomaniac. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like if, if they don't have great mentors and friendships and relationships with other pastors and leaders. There's a problem. There's probably some some ego issue, which goes back to what Preston was talking about. I want a pastor who's humble. Yeah, who's and it's not, all tied together. It's not all about all about them. Yeah. All these things that we're saying tie together, and it comes down to biblical standards that we're taught. You know. Yeah, totally. I like a pastor um, that has a big vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where there is no vision, people will perish. I do like a pastor with a big vision. I want to hear something. Yeah. You don't have to blow my brain apart with your vision. Like, you know, we're yeah. going to reach Mars. Yeah. Like, we're going to preach to the Martian. Yeah, like, you don't have to have this, like, it doesn't need to be the, yeah. the biggest vision in all the world. There was a, I think there was a unhealthy season of vision, like, maybe like 10 years ago, 12 years ago, where, like, people were so, so crazy about vision. They were, like, not, your vision was never big enough. <laughs> You're not believing in God hard enough. Yeah, it kept to the point where it felt like they were like, you'd share your vision and they would just be like, no, 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 three times as big. I don't have a Whatever vision you're board. thinking, twice as big. Like, they have a like vision that wall. funny scene from the office. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Whatever your dream is. Double it. <laughs> yeah, and they kind of like that was kind of the thing like twelve years ago, and you're just like, and you're like, okay, I will, and then you looked at it, and you're like, this is stupid. Like, you're like <laughs> <laughs> I want to reach twenty thousand students. I'm a youth pastor. There's wait like, twenty thousand. I don't even just, think there's twenty thousand yeah, kids yeah. in the school system around here. Like you yeah. can't like right. right like you yeah. can't be. <laughs> yeah, but there was this like so I'm I I like a big vision obviously no. I, but I, I want to hear. I want to know a pastor does have a vision. Yeah, mm-hmm. Has, mm-hmm. like 
Because if you don't have a vision, you're, you'll, you'll probably do everything and you'll, you'll be like, a, you'll have like a thousand different things happening. Like, so, right. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, if you're not careful. Yeah, vision, what, what, a, what a real hard vision does is it, it allows you, it focuses you. It allows you to say no to things that aren't, that are good, yeah. but they're not moving the vision forward. And when a pastor has a big vision that's clearly communicated, but that is, is, it's driving the church, it's driving the staff, it's driving the volunteers. Then when there's other things, cause there's always a million other things that could, the church could be doing, it allows the church to say, Hey, that's not our vision. Mm-hmm. We can't do everything. Yeah. You know, one of the pastors of the biggest church in the world, of one of the biggest churches in the world, he is constantly like, listen, our church does four things. Four. That's it. Four things. Is that the reason that we're able to reach so many people is because we aren't trying to do 200 things. We're doing four. Mm-hmm. And so when a pastor has a clear, big vision that get like a vision should get the church excited. Mm-hmm. It, it should be big enough. We're like, oh yes, that is going to be awesome. That's going to be exciting. I'm so excited to see God move in this way and how God is going to grow this church. That, that gets me excited. I want to be a part of that church. Mm-hmm. I want to jump on and be a part of that vision. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has to be, like you said, it has to be focused. Yeah. It does have to be. And it has to be. Does it have to be? Is it just me? Tell me, tell me if I'm if I'm wrong here, please, guys. Does it have to be realistic? <laughs> I mean, so I, like, <laughs> let, let's just let's just say it. I'm a, I'll paint a, a diff, two different situations here. I'll paint vision in two different situations. Hey guys, um, uh, let's just pretend I'm a pastor of of the church, right? All right. Hey guys, uh, welcome to church today. I want to let you know that our our church is starting an outreach ministry. Um, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm casting vision for something, right? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. you're, oh. Awesome. And we're gonna um, we're gonna reach out to the uh, mobile home park across the street from us, and see if we can start doing some stuff in there, and see where it goes from there. Um, and uh, let's just see what God can do. Oh. Okay. There's that. There's that kind of vision casting. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there's so that feels realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then there's this kind of vision casting, which you see sometimes. Hey, guys, we're starting Outreach Ministry. We're going to be in 55 different mobile home parks by the end of the year. <laughs> that, that's my goal. And you're like... <laughs> yeah. right. like I'm just thinking then, about our area, how far you would have to go. Well, yeah, exactly. To reach that. Like, you're not, it's not even a local outreach ministry anymore. It's basically a mission strip. Yeah. But, yeah, mission but also, ministry, like, if yeah. you think about it, like... It seems so big. It's huge vision, right? It t- it's going to take faith. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take everything we got. And we're going to get it done. And you're like, oh, this is big vision. This is big vision. But I feel overwhelmed by that. Yeah, I was going to say. And tell me if I'm wrong in that. Is that a bad attitude on my part? Or is it more like, that seems stressful right now. Yeah. Like, to, to <laughs> I know I'm going to be asked to serve. <laughs> I think if you combine the two visions together in a sense of like, hey, we're going to reach this, but our plan is to grow this, to reach as many as we can, you know, God, mm-hmm. like, God willing. I would think that would be awesome. Like you, you want to say, hey, our goal is to reach a large number. But I think if you put a number that's 
that can really stress people like mm-hmm. way too big. Like for yeah, like say it's in our area. I don't even know fifty five mobile home parks within fifty five miles. Or if you're, you know, <laughs> yeah. it would literally need to be like two hours away, which is kind of you know, if you're a local church, like you need to figure out, all right, are we local or are we now a missions foundation for the state of Michigan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just saying though, but like there's all these, there's different kinds of vision mm-hmm. you can cast. Yeah. yeah. I think mm-hmm. I, I was, would say that maybe it's a little bit of the, <laughs> the church staff member that's like, oh, that, cause, cause as soon as you said that, I was like that our entire church is going to need to volunteer like every yep. single day, um, every weekend. Like yeah. we're gonna, I, I automatically, as soon as you casted that pretend vision, started thinking of all of the things that it's gonna take to attain that. Um, and and then the got to a point where it's like that's not even possible for our church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think so. Maybe there's a little bit of a pessimistic attitude, but. At the same time, the vision has to actually be attainable. It has to be realistic, yeah, right? Yeah, I think there is a thing where, you I mean, obviously you want to trust God for big things. You want to trust God with your dream, but your dream also has to be attainable. Like, yeah. there's not 55 mobile home parks no. in the city of Michigan. <laughs> or, well, there are, <laughs> yeah. but there's not... We'd, a, have to, we'd have to go far away to yeah, get... Yeah, there's not a literal way for us to go and do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? But so. so I'm saying, like, but I do want vision. But yeah. I want it to be real. Kind Healthy of vision. vision. Healthy vision. Is that a good I think word? That's a good mm-hmm. But they, I don't know if that's a bad attitude in me or if it's a. I mean, a faith vision but, is good, obviously. <clears throat> okay, so I was just thinking about. We're, I know we're going to wrap up here in a second, but I was thinking about uh, one of our mentors, Jeannie Mayo. She always talks about having the the being. She's a, a youth pastor coach, and so she knows youth ministry. She said you have to be the youth ministry for the church that you're a part of. So like if I'm a part of a church that there's 50 people in the, in the whole church, mm-hmm. I can't expect to have a youth ministry of 300 kids. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to pastor all of those kids that come and, and I'm going to expect the youth. I want the youth ministry to grow. I want it to get bigger. I want more kids to be coming, but I can't expect in a church where there's 50 people to have a youth ministry of 300. Mm-hmm. That's just an unrealistic expectation. I don't have enough. There's not a big enough volunteer base. Like everything about it is unrealistic. The budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so she, she she talks about that a lot, about being the, the pastor or the leader for the place where God has placed you. It's good. And mm-hmm. I think if you're not, if you're trying to cast vision for something that God hasn't called you to, what are you doing? Yeah. You're going to burn the people out. You're going to burn yourself out. You're probably going to fall. You're probably going to trip up, fail. You're going to burn all of your volunteers out. Like, it's just not going to work. Nobody's going to want to follow you because you had this giant vision. You never fulfilled it because it was incredibly unrealistic. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's some thoughts. So yeah. I guess I guess the last thought would be, yeah, a pastor with a realistic vision. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's been wonderful to be with you today, audience. I hate that word. What? Sounds like we're talking to dogs. That word, audience. Sounds like we're talking to dogs. I can't even yeah. take credit for it. <laughs> oh, I had dogs. Yeah, I know, pause. Podience. Podience. I don't know. I was like, P-O-D. Podience, because it's a podcast, and they're the oh, audience. Oh, pod. Yeah, I get it. I don't like it. 
It's not even my word. I What's can't the name of the podcast? Yeah. I know, but you said from? it. I can't remember where it came it's from. It's the Skit Guys. It is the Skit yeah. Guys. You remember where it came from? They call yeah. everybody the Pontians. And I was like, that's, 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 that's cute. That's why I don't listen to their podcast. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> say, thank you for coming, I don't even know if they listeners. still podcast. I have no idea. I just remember you telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. They probably yeah. failed at Pontians. I've been saying <laughs> so long now. I don't, know how, I don't know how else to end the podcast anymore. I mean, if you can give me another clever outro, I'll take it. A clever outro? Yeah, like, it's got to be good. Give you super play the Wii Sports one. song <laughs> with bass boost. and <laughs> I don't know. That song's been hyping me up. I listen to it in the car like on repeat on the way to work. Really? I don't even know what song you're talking about. I'll, I'll play it after the podcast. So Wii Sports 8. If you're listening to this, look up Wii Sports Olympic bass boosted and just tell me it's not the best song ever. All right. And with All right, that audience, audience <laughs> we're out. We're out. Catch you on the next one. Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work them off today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today.